Hello and welcome to the Ghibli Rewatch series of the Overly Animated Podcast, where we'll be going through every Studio Ghibli movie chronologically from the beginning. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Ali Martin. Maido. And Alex Bonilla. Hello. The authentic uh, Japanese podcast here. We're going to be, yes, the Ghibli Rewatch uh, series. We're uh, join us in rewatching or watching for the first time all the Studio Ghibli movies now that they're available streaming for the first time on HBO Max in the United States and Netflix, most other places in the world. Uh, this specific movie we're talking about today, Grave of the Fireflies, is the one exception from that catalog because um, it has different rights. So you can find that it currently in the United States on Hulu. Um, I don't know where if that applies to everywhere else, and I don't know how long it'll be there, but that's as of when we're recording this. Um, we will have new podcasts every Wednesday as we go through the whole Ghibli catalog chronologically at OverlyAnimated.com. Um, I'm a Ghibli expert and will be joined by co-hosts with a variety of Ghibli experience. Uh, make sure you have seen Grave of the Fireflies. We'll be getting into full spoilers for each movie we discuss on the podcast. So, uh, so uh, all the spoilers for Grave of the Fireflies and um, vague spoilers for other Ghibli movies. Um, and last, we'll be discussing subbed and dubbed versions, potentially, but primarily the subs. Uh, watch whatever you prefer. It's fine. You don't need to have seen either one to listen to this. So... Grave of the Fireflies. Here we go. Uh, when uh, Here you're we lo- go. when you're looking at the Ghibli catalog and doing the rewatch, you might be afraid of getting into this one. Uh, it's is uh, one that's the one of the ones I feel like you might be least likely to revisit. So maybe you forced yourself, much like me, to watch it again <laughs> for for this one. But um, it's a hard watch. It's a hard watch. We'll be talking a lot about that. This is our first movie by Isao Takahata. Um, the Yay. other major director at Studio Ghibli, he passed away two years ago. Um, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, some background on Takada, as we'll be talking about more of his movies. He was a, uh, he worked with Miyazaki a long time before Studio Ghibli. He was kind of a mentor to Miyazaki, maybe kind of discovered him, um, at, uh, Toei. And then they worked on a bunch of, uh, movies at other, uh, at other animation companies too. And, um, there's a lot of pre Ghibli Takahata directed films. Um, yeah, kind of like a legendary anime director. Like he's one of the, directs some of the earliest, biggest movies. Um, Miyazaki in uh, key roles alongside him. Um, so there's a lot you could go look back on for Takata too, if you're interested. Um, but some, some pretty old anime ones. Is uh, there a recommended movie that you know of? Because I, I actually wasn't aware of this, that he had stuff before Ghibli. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a lot before there's the, the Go Panda movies that he worked on with Miyazaki. Um, I, I don't know how much I've seen of any of them, but the, uh, his, uh, Horus, Horus is considered, um, it's ni- 1968 Great Adventures of Horus is kind of a classic anime movie. So it might be mm. a place to start. What a name to use. Um, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Prince of the Sun. Um, and, uh, yes, he's, uh, a lot of exciting Takata movies to, uh, go through here. Specifically for Grave of the Fireflies. So 1988 here for Studio Ghibli. This movie was released alongside, uh, My Neighbor Totoro in one of the craziest double features of all time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's Which insane. I never I really that. understood that until I, I kind of, I, I, the impression I get of why they did that is both of these movies, Totoro, which we'll be discussing next week, and this movie, they weren't considered to be these big audience hits. These were like more personal projects, quiet, mm, quieter sense. movies. So they, they tried to market them together to get more traction. I think did one, 
like if it was a double feature, did one play before the other? Like, did they do Fireflies and then I think, I think Totoro? Fireflies then Totoro, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I you, hope so. You have to put Totoro second. I, I mean, the other way around would just <laughs> yeah. Either way, it's, it's way either way, it's that's not right. Um, yeah, both movies uh, didn't do incredibly well at the box office, but did fine. Um, this movie, though, uh, I think its legacy is this is one of the most revered uh, like movie critic globally like global movie critics uh, uh very high uh regard for grave of the fireflies and it kind of puts studio ghibli on the map in that sense across the world so grave mm-hmm. of the fireflies maybe even more so than miyazaki movies for a long time um just like bring a lot of legitimacy to the studio and uh, help uh, set the course for what we see studio ghibli as uh today um and i think this movie known for uh, at least in Western circles, maybe being a very uh, big anti-war movie, which we'll talk about. Um, and I think uh, recent memes about this in terms of how depressing it is. So that's probably <laughs> wait. Are thing. there recent memes about this? I don't know, like specific memes, but if like you if you hear people talking about Grave of the Fires, like oh, it's so depressing, I don't want to watch it. Like that type. Of, you know, you yeah. hear that a lot. So okay. Um, yeah, if you've heard of that, and if you still haven't seen it, maybe that's scaring you off. Um, it is it is very uh, hard to watch and sad, but I think it's an important one uh, to watch, and uh, there's a lot to talk about from it, so very excited to get into Grave of the Fireflies here. Okay, so let's hear from our our, our panel here on uh, their their impressions and history with Grave of the Fireflies. So yeah, give me, uh, Ali, first up, you, we haven't heard from you before, so what's your history with uh, Ghibli movies? And then when did you watch this movie? What's your history with it? And what do you think of Grave of the Fireflies? So as listeners who have heard me on the pod probably know, I'm the certified weeb of the of Overly Animated. I think I want to say my first like real Ghibli movie experience was Spirited Away because I saw it in theaters, but I had probably been watching since I was really young, like 10 or something. But I hadn't seen this movie until I was in high school for the first time. And it, while it was like really depressing and I really liked the... Um, commentary on war and anti-war all that stuff i didn't it didn't hit me as hard the first time um can i talk about the live action version no spoilers but like you can reference it yeah I, I watched that after a few years later and it just destroyed me even though it's so much worse and then i went back to the animated version and the second time around realized how like a powerful it is and how well directed it was and just i, I mean i agree with what you said before dylan it's a very hard watch but it's also one of the most important ones probably like in if not the top five top 10 ghibli movies just i don't know i feel like it does i mean ghibli does get into like depressing subject matter but this one like is just very raw and they do talk about war a lot in other movies but this one was definitely a very powerful one um i liked it uh (laughs) i'm curious to hear what alex has to say because just because yeah, that's exciting. Um, and the live action version is uh, another adaptation of the short story that this is based on. Actually, I didn't talk about that in the intro, so I can talk about that. Um, this and, is, oh, yeah, there's two, as you yeah, reminded so me yesterday. Another live action. So they, this movie is based on a short story. Um, so, uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's also, um, I think, worth noting that uh, Takahata had, which I was looking at a research this to find this, but he had some similar experiences to this movie Miyazaki and Takata both go through air raids um when, mm. they, when they're young Takata specifically um I found uh this uh 
Japan Times article, which I'll be talking about, uh, referencing a few times, by, written by Masami Ito, um, who uh, ta- it, it, it says Takato fled with his uh, sister after an air raid in his hometown. So pretty mm-hmm. similar to this movie, but then was back uh, the next day, found reunited with his mom the next day. So um, maybe some early scenes of this movie, definitely based on his own experiences. Um, I did yeah, like that too. It's it's interesting, yeah. Okay, Alex, uh, what's uh, we've heard from you newer to uh, Ghibli movies, but uh, what about this movie? When have you seen it, and uh, what do you think of it? All right, um, I'll just briefly mention uh, we're not going to let slide right that Ali had a bigger emotional reaction to the live action version of the first time <laughs> she watched this, right? Because like yeah. I watched two minutes of that live action thing on YouTube, and it looked <laughs> awful. So like. <laughs> I, I can I can bad. I can understand, but I'm just I don't want to let that slide. Um, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. I, Call I, me out. I watched this movie a couple of weeks ago, um, and like it's funny because uh, obviously it has a reputation of it being depressing and all, but I was weirdly charmed by it in the sense that like if. Uh, up to this point in the in the Ghibli catalog, like uh, everything has a sense of fantasy to it, like uh, Castle in the Sky, Nausicaa. It feels like a totally different society from where we currently live in. Whereas, like this is this feels like the first movie that feels grounded in in real life. So, like that alone, like gives me like an extra emotional connection compared to previous movies. And then on top of that, I think that this movie does. Um, so far, the best job I've seen of putting you in a kid's uh, point of view as to like how they would perceive these like giant events in in society. Uh, I I really love the um, the relationship between the the brother and sister here, um, um, Seta and, and Setsuko. And it, because of that, it hurts a lot when you see them go through what they go through. But I, I think the fact that this is, this feels a lot more um, uh, tangible than than previous Ghibli movies is what makes me love it so much. Uh, but similar to other Ghibli movies, it doesn't put it, all its focus on action. Like there's there's some beautiful sequences of them just like being able to have fun with each other amidst all this chaos. Um, and like moments where they're uh, in their shelter, um, like you know things are going wrong, but at the same time, like the movie does a good job putting you in the point of view of of these children, where they're like in the moment they're like really enjoying this like quote newfound freedom, even though you know it's it's gonna go wrong for them because there it, so many other things are going on. So. Uh, so I, I I really I really really love love this movie because of how it, how it balances the um the, the 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 tragic situation that they're put in, but at the same time like it's still just as beautiful as as the other movies, and it still like has that focus on on living in the in the moment that uh, <laughs> these kids have. I think that it does it very very well. And um, it, it's it's a very delicate balance to play, and I, I think it does it. So I, I I enjoyed this movie, and I rewatched it yesterday. And so like, uh, and um, and it 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 hit a little bit more the second time. So in that sense, I agree with Ali. Like, I feel like if you are able to anticipate the events, it hurts even more. <laughs> That's than true. When when you're taking it in at first glance, but um, but it, even even so, like I I, I still. Uh, feel um feel like it's it's a great movie to 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 watch just to see how 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 they handle that i'm glad you found charm in the kids like 
carefreeness because I found it incredibly disturbing. Like it's, I think it's supposed <laughs> to be like, you're right. It's a very delicate balance. And I think they demonstrate it well. Like you're supposed to see that like, okay, they can still at least try to be kids. But I was like, please stop. You're in a war. I know that that's like such a, I think that's part of why people see it as so depressing, right? Like mm-hmm. even in these happy moments, you have in the back of your head, but like, you know, everything's right. going to fall apart. And like that, that like dread that's going on uh, down to like the the, fi- the final sequence, like after the most terrible thing has happened. And then mm-hmm. you get like the little sequence of her like jumping around the, the shelter. And, Which like, also we'll get to that, water. but like, right. how dare you. Well, it's like it's it's amazing to watch in a vacuum. At the same time, it hurts because <laughs> you know what just happened. That so, was like, like awful. That's yeah, so awful. So it, it, it's it's such a back and forth that your mind has to do with <laughs> when you're watching this movie. Yeah, but in that it makes it better for that reason. I think. Nice. Uh, yeah, the, the comment on the the kids being uh, realistic and stuff. Yeah, I think it's that's a thing that ties it to Totoro. I feel like I feel like that that's that movie. Oh yeah, is getting into the mind of these young children. Um, so in that regard, I think it makes sense to play them together. And yeah, so the realism of this movie compared to some of the other fantasy movies, I think two two points on that. One is I should have mentioned this is based on a like. A, semi-autobiographical short story by Akiyuki Nosaka. So like this is um he went through these experiences as as a kid. He obviously didn't die himself, but I think his sister did. And so like that's mm-hmm. you know it's just kind of like a a, te- a retelling of like actual events that happen. Um yeah. and the other thing I think is um talk this is Takata's style. Um can talk briefly about this, but uh we'll see he's a lot of really different movies we're gonna cover. Um you look at this movie only yesterday and then kind of bamboo cutter later, like uh it's very different movies, all kind of like huge triumphs, like some of the I feel like I have to watch those now. Um oh yeah. Uh Ka- Kaguya, not Bamboo Cutter. But uh yeah, and uh oh. it it's uh the, the these are all but they all kind of uh, maintain the sense of of realism some from that article i mentioned uh he he says he tries to it's it tries to strive to be as realistic as possible even if they include fantasy elements um and quotes from takata i'm not saying fantasy is bad i enjoy i myself enjoy the genre from time to time however i don't agree with an audience getting excited by seeing a character do something incredible that defies logic mm. um and then uh, he also says, too many films these days feature characters overcome difficulties using nothing more than the power of love and or courage. So there you go. Shot at like a lot of anime and fantasy, <laughs> but um, like all of it, really. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, I could argue some of Miyazaki's movies is t- uh, too, but this is kind of, the, I think the big contrast we'll see in Takata films is very much more grounded, realistic films in a variety of uh, ways that that manifests in this movie in a very like tragic sense um whereas some of his movies are maybe more of uh, if you want to like in a shakespearean sense this being a tragedy he has also some comedies in there um so yeah i think i think this this one um yeah i rewatch i watched this with all of the all of the ghibli movies and uh had a hard time with it it was extremely sad uh when watching this as a teenager i think i watched the dub first i don't remember which dub it was because there's a more recent one 
Um, wasn't, uh, super crazy about it. Um, and I might have watched the sub at some point or this, this, I rewatched it this week. This might have been my first viewing in 10 years. Like, definitely was. Like, uh, it might have only been my second viewing of the movie because it's like, you don't want to rewatch this movie. This is, uh, <laughs> It's 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 so sad, but um, I had a lot easier of a time with it this time. I would say, like, um, I think maybe in contrast to what you guys are saying, like, I was pretty. It's weird because that makes way more sense, but it's still weird. (laughs) I think everything's valid, but uh, you know, now that I know what's coming, I have a different. Honestly, a lot of my reaction this movie, which I didn't remember reacting this way the first time, was like. No, what are you doing? Don't do that. You get like, your sister's gonna die. Don't do that. Like, Seta, you idiot. Like, that was kind of a big, big reaction. This, like, knowing what's coming, I feel like it kind of turns into that a little bit. I will say this movie is structured so that you are supposed to know what's coming to a certain extent. Like, it's not trying to hide that it's a tragedy. We'll talk about that structure. Um, but I think it maybe is a little, uh, it doesn't exactly spell out what's gonna happen with Setsuko specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think you maybe might have an easier time with it the second or third time or something. I would um, agree. Yeah. It, I'm just, Alex and I are just strange people. Uh, I mean, yeah, in general, but no, they, uh, it's, 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 it depends. Like I watched it like a long time ago and, um, if you're someone like that, you know, maybe you could revisit it. I think you'll get a lot from it too. Um, this movie's, uh, depiction of air raids and the, the subtle violence of uh, war. It's it, in general, just this notion of like displaying the horridness of war through its effect on civilians in, in mm-hmm. time of war is something so unique to this movie. I mean, I think there's other movies that tr- maybe try to do this, but I think this is probably the best movie ever made in terms of uh, displaying the horrors of war through its effect on people that aren't soldiers. I'm so glad you said that because I agree. And whenever you think of World War II in Japan, your mind immediately just goes to like Hiroshima or Nagasaki and you don't think about like other cities that just went through raids all the time. So I think this does it really well. Yeah. And that's the other thing. This is a World War II movie about the effects of civilians in Japan. And it's yeah. not about the, the the atomic bomb, right? I mean, I think um, this is considered a classic anime movie about uh, about World War II and there's a... Uh, there there's a there's barefoot gen i think is the yeah. uh, anime uh that's the other bit major one that is about the atomic bombing so mm-hmm. um but you know the, the yeah this movie like is just about it's it's not even this huge event on uh people but it's it's like the just the casual nature of these air raids and the destruction it causes um and certainly i'm left with a huge anti-war uh, kind of message from this movie, whether you know specifically intended or not, and uh, that that's really affecting. I think the firefly imagery throughout the film is very affecting, mm-hmm. um, and then just the, the the tragic ending and framing is uh, is is really good. So I, I think this is is like a really great film. Um, it's not one that even I always thought this, and I guess I I feel this way after revisiting. It's not one I like want to revisit a lot, and it's not one that I. Uh, maybe my it's not one that's going to be in my personal favorites list you know but i do think it is like a truly great movie and i i you know if you want to say this is one of the best studio ghibli movies one of the best movies of all time some people say that i think i think that's like valid i think it's incredible i thought you would also put it like high up there mostly because of its anti-war messaging and the way it goes about it you could argue it's that i mean there you know i think studio ghibli mizaki and takata are both personally very anti-war um mm, the studio totally. as well uh so i think that permeates through a lot of the movies are very anti-war but I, that's you know, true yeah i think this would be the best one that conveys that message like it's it's very 
uh, it's, it's very effective in what it's doing. And yeah, I mean, if I was going to try to, maybe we'll do this at the end of the series, try to rank them, uh, not <laughs> favorites, but in terms of best, I think this is really a really hard one to rank just cause, uh, you know, you, you don't, you're not as, you maybe have a different personal reaction to it than, uh, than the quality of the film, but I do think it's probably up there. Top 10 approaching top five. Some yeah. people, yeah, some people have this like, uh, one, two, three, you know, very valid. Um, definitely well, um, a masterwork by Takata. And speaking of the studio being anti-war, it's interesting. It's interesting to compare this to previous stuff like House on the Sky, Nausicaa, which like you can obviously get anti-war messages from those as well. But those stories like involve the people in the uh, who are at, engaging in the war as main characters. Like there's a big focus on them, on their motivations and stuff. Whereas like this, we're on the ground. We don't really have any connection to the people who are actually fighting in the war they're just like back mm. background stuff which is why like uh, it, i i i could sense that this is uh, uh, anti-war messaging but like i can also sort of see the perspective that it's not meant to be an anti-war movie as opposed to just like focusing on individuals who are affected by it since like we're not really like looking at the sides involved or anything like that so it's just it's a different perspective on, on war compared to previous uh, Ghibli movies, which have focused more on the action itself. Especially yeah. also because you see Seda's perspective. I'm sure we're going to get into that, but like that's what makes it very not hard to watch, but like sort of cringeworthy. If that makes sense, in terms of the actions he's taking, or like uh, what, yeah, and well, his oh, attitude. His attitude just about war in general. He's like, oh, yeah, dad's going to avenge us. Like, screw those Americans. We're going to kill everybody. Like, that kind of mentality. Yeah, it's interesting you see that uh, displayed through Seita. I mean, it makes sense because his father is a soldier. That's how he was raised, you know. That's his environment. Yeah. So let me read some quotes on this, like, kind of anti-war or kind of general perspective that we see a lot of critics react to this this, uh, movie from. And then we can get Takata's perspective on this. Um, so this is from a, a book, Studio Ghibli, The Films of Hayao Miyazaki and Yeso Takata by Colin O'Dell and Michelle LeBlanc. Uh, they say, Grave of the Fireflies shows up, shows us a microcosm of the effects of war and the way the conflict can de- dehuman- dehumanize people. This is not a film about soldiers. Only passing mention is made of Seita's father's naval career, but about civilians who have little understanding of the nature or purpose of war. It demonstrates how the horror of conflict and exposure to atrocity can desensitize and destroy human emotion. Indeed, humanity itself. I mean, uh, that that's the T. I think that's, <laughs> that's a it. good summary of people's feelings on, uh, and I, I totally agree with this quote. Um, yeah. That's kind of how I read the movie. Um, just just the, that this is like this movie's, it's, it's uniqueness, it's strength. Like, I think other movies since have tried to do this, but I feel like this movie just succeeds so incredibly in mm-hmm. just displaying the effect on, on civilians nor normal people who are completely d- d- not uh, attached to the war at all. Like this movie displays them very mm. little connection in this. I mean, to Seita specifically like detaches himself from the society of Japan and, and, uh, and the, and has no connection to the war other than like his fa- perceive the perceptions of what's going on with his father um, mm. and just the effect it has on, on uh, everyone we see in the film. Um, and then, um, so Takahata, uh, his perspective on like, if this is an anti-war movie, he says, uh, it's not an anti-war anime. Uh, it's not at all an anti-war anime and contains absolutely no sus message. 
Um, he says he was going to convey an image of a brother and sister uh, have living a failed life due to isolation from society um, and invoke sympathy. So um, this is like, I think this is a typical director type comment um, that, uh, you know, it's very like, they're very focused, I think, when making the movie on this, the actual thing that's happening. It's like a tragedy involving the actual characters going on and um, what's going on with them. And I don't think this is too uh, surprising to see that like, oh, this broader message isn't necessarily what I was going for. Um, so, I mean, but but he himself, you know, I do think has has this perspective. It's just not necessarily specifically what he is trying to convey with the movie. Um, so maybe we can also I think it's also important to focus in on the specifics of what's going on with Seitan Seitsuko. Um, Roger Ebert says this, this movie belongs on, uh, any list of the greatest war films ever made. So, agree. um, definitely re- agree. So he's a good review. Uh, had a good review of this movie that's still up on that website. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of this, this movie's legacy largely, uh, is, is this, it's, it's effect as an anti-war movie. Um, mm-hmm. And, also, uh, like specifically animated anti-war movie, because not that we don't get a lot of them, but it's very powerful. I think it's more powerful than Barefoot Gun, obvi- not obviously, honestly, um, just because it's a it doesn't focus on the bomb. There's no B because it doesn't focus on the bomb. Yeah, I've been, I, I'm I want to check out that movie, but um, I'm gonna it's refer- good. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to reference a Susan Napier uh, essay, which it was in the context the quotes I'll read are comparing this movie to Barefoot Barefoot Gun. So mm. um, I think they're they're kind of thought of in the same in the same yeah. sometimes but i would say this is probably the tentpole animated war movie yeah i'd agree with that i don't even know what you what else you'd, you'd bring up <laughs> i can't think of another one really i mean not one that portrays war in such a like terrible light because mm. again there's I mean, we're going to talk about this movie later but in the wind rises it's about a like engineer who's building planes for the war so it's kind of like not anti-war, but also not pro-war, and it doesn't, you know, it's not the same at all, but uh, we get more movies like that. Uh, I would just give two uh, modern-day uh, recommendations of Persepolis and The Breadwinner. Um, those are two movies that, that deal with the, the everyday life that goes on during uh, up, during war and upheaval, especially The Breadwinner. Like, that has a, a certain uh, story similarities to, to this to this movie in terms of like just how you how you even survive day to day while the, mm. your entire society has been turned upside down by by having to support the conflict that your government is leading. Yeah, I think modern movies like like that would probably would draw influence from this movie if we're talking kind of the influence of Studio Ghibli segment, which I don't have specifics to get into, but I think that would be it. Is like this is probably the grandfather of all of those type of movies. I'm gonna um, be real. Are those movies animated? Because I've never heard of them you, before. <laughs> yes, the the Breadwinner. Red, Breadwinner is pretty nominated for yeah. for an Oscar, but uh, yeah. Uh, Bre- Persepolis is an adaptation of a graphic novel, so that has a particularly unique animation style. So I- I'd suggest oh, checking nice. it out for that as well. In terms of this movie being animated, it's interesting that there's been live action versions made since. But the author of the short story, like uh, it was a very sought after adaptation to make, and he specifically didn't want this going to be made in live action um, because oh, he, j- he just didn't. I mean, I think you know now. Yeah, you got sense. you got the the movies once the originals made it. You know, maybe it's there, and they they made. I think yeah. they made the two, the first live action one for the anniversary um, of of stuff. So it maybe had a specific significance. But he, yeah, he he just thought that the the realism of the time period couldn't be displayed in live action and the nature of the kids probably yeah. couldn't be gotten from ch- child live action performances um, very true 
And yeah, I think that's probably true. I think then Takata like really excels in, in both of these aspects. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, the, just the, the brutal realism of the air raids, I think, is 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 pretty, mm. uh, pretty incredibly done. Um, well, um, th- yeah. that's an interesting thing you bring up about like the children, because like one thing that, that stood out to me with 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 Setsuko especially is just like how how. I'm usually annoyed by little kid characters, baby characters, because like that they, they, it's hard for me as an adult to relate to 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 those kind of characters. But Setsuko, like obviously, like she she like lets out her emotions like a little child would, uh, crying at like very important moments in the in the movie. But at the same time, like even when she's not that way, like you can sense the the sense of confusion and sadness like at, at that age you can't really process what like a, a giant situation like that so you're just kind of like lost and uh, that uh, and she has to like be really close to Seita in in those moments but I, I was just impressed by like how how they dealt with with Setsuko throughout this movie like they they deployed um, the crying at their at uh, at very specific uh, moments and not the entire movie, which I, I really appreciate it. But, and I think that they, they use it in a way that like it hits the hardest. So, um, and also like, just like the way that uh, she's animated, like very wide eyed at the beginning. And then like, as the, the movie goes on, you're, you're getting the, the physical wear and tear that, that, uh, that this situation is causing. And I think that that all hits home down to her, her final scenes. So, um, but, uh, and I guess, like in live action, that like you have to cast a uh, you have to uh, when you're casting a character like that, you gotta pick someone very specific. On top of the fact that it's hard to find good child actors, so mm-hmm. like it's just, it's an interesting thing to think about. It, like the the bonus of this being animated versus live action, I think Setsuko is a key part of that. Yeah, I, I think uh, Setsuko is a uh seems like a realistic portrayal one that invokes large amounts of sympathy which is necessary for the ending of this movie to hit um and also is um i think she's like definitely annoying at parts like as you'd expect from a little kid but uh it's yeah the movie i think portrays it in a very specific way like through the lens of this this tragedy um and this helplessness which we want to get into with the what the characters are going through so um yeah it's not like a bad experience going through through with this like very young child um which i think is pretty key um the portrayal of seita is pretty interesting too we can get into it um more and we'll we'll talk about each character as we go through kind of these themes that we're talking about. I want to dive a little bit into uh, how depressing the movie is and people's reactions <laughs> to that. Because um, I think that's, like I said, I think that's the main thing. On a scale of one to ten. I had a fun time watching this movie. So yeah, Alex, what is, yeah, what is, uh, talk, talk about <laughs> yeah. that while you brought that up. What? No. <laughs> elaborate. I would like you to elaborate. Well, look, I, I, as I mentioned in my initial thoughts, yes, it's a really sad story. And yes, it's depressing. But I think the fact that it's like, it's still as, uh, maybe maybe not as colorful as other Ghibli movies, but like, it's still, because it has to be more muted for the situation it's depicting. But even so, like, it's still amazing to, to just look at all the, all the backgrounds and also like, 
the, to the point where like even the the burned out cities like the smoke billowing slowly from uh, from the the ashes like that that's ha- it's hauntingly beautiful in a way oh, it's, <laughs> to like a very see good point to like see see that uh, done like that and um, and again like i think that this movie does a good job of balancing the depressing moments with uh, moments of the children ha- have embracing brief moments uh, of joy and uh, happiness even at, even as you're like seeing th- that the situation is deteriorating but the fact that they they sprinkle that in keeps it from being at least in my opinion keeps it from being overbearing to the point where like that's the only emotion that you're getting out of this like it's similar i mean it's not quite the same but it, it's the similar uh, reaction i have when people call bojack horseman the depressing show because oh. like that ha- that has other stuff going on it has humor it has social commentary but the one thing people focus on is the depressing moments and while they are depressing it has i i, I think that there's a, a fuller experience and i'd say the same thing applies to grave of the fireflies we're like yes it's a sad story and you probably should brace yourself for that but i i think there are pieces of, of beauty and happiness that you can pick out of this movie as well and that's part of what makes it such a great movie the fact that it it takes the time to to do that stuff as well such a strangely great comparison like of all the series bojack but that's like of any that we cover as the depressing series i would say bojack at its core a comedy this movie not that (laughs) (laughs) no fair fair there's still there's moments of beauty in both and elements of like trying to get you to be distracted from the overall depressing themes yeah, let me read some quotes from Susan Napier from her book, Anime from Akira to Howl's Moving Castle, Experiencing Japanese Animation. Um, so first she, she quotes, as two anime critics sum up of the film's impact, it is frankly impossible to watch this this movie without being drained emotionally. It's uh, true. Good summary of a lot of people's reaction to this movie. I agree that this movie balances uh, lighthearted moments, not necessarily that it's supposed to be overall happier or, you know, I no, think it's no. like going through the experiences of the characters. Um, yeah. There's another quote um, from Susan Napier. The film contains moments of beauty and even happiness, especially in its signature image of the fireflies illuminating the faces of the two children laughing together in the darkness of the bomb shelter. Um, so, yeah, I think I think I was struck this this time, this watch by there's a lot of happiness that the characters are experiencing. I remember this movie is like depressing, depressing, depressing. And <laughs> there really are these, these happy moments with the characters. Now, knowing that the, at least he's going to die from the beginning of the movie. And if you're rewatching it, knowing that they're both going to die, I think they're tragic happiness scenes. Like they're, they're like, everything is through this lens of tragedy, I think. Um, so I don't think it's quite straight up that these are just like pure happy moments or something, but there's a lot of that throughout the movie. I would say. Did you, um, did you guys not the first time around, did you guys not think Setsuko was going to die from the beginning? Because she is a ghost at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I guess she's a ghost in the beginning. I think it's not clear that that's her bones in the jar, at least, right? Like, oh, I think no, that's not. not. Yeah, so. Can, can, I, can I admit something? The first time I watched, um, well, the, the the rewatch, I noticed that the first line was the was the, the, the kid saying, like, I, I died here at some point. The first time I watched, I missed that line. <laughs> so, like, for it took me about halfway through the movie before I like realized that the re- that the red I- images of them were oh, their ghosts. No. I didn't. 
Yeah, no, honestly, I didn't even remember that the the guy died. Like, right. that's not what I remember about the movie. I remember the, the, the sister hell? dying. You right. Know? Well, I I feel terrible that I missed that important contest the first time I watched. Like, it does almost it doesn't even matter that he dies at the end. So, like, it's kidding? it just adds to the tragedy. But I feel like the heart of the tragedy is the sister dying. Yes, that's like, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, even the mom dying that, like, right off the bat. I didn't the remember, I didn't remember the that movie. either. The, the thing I remember is the sister dies. That's it. Like, ten, I mean, it's been 10 years. That's why. The, the, well, the, didn't you just the, rewatch it? The, 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 the before detail they the that, that mom's corpse okay. is amazing. In the hell that was probably the most brutal is. part for me was the mom. Um, when she's injured and dying, like, all that is, uh, to a certain extent, even more brutal than Setsuko dying yeah, at the end. made her with everybody, like... The other thing people don't really mention about this movie, and it's demonstra- demonstrated more in the live action, is that when you're like the family of a soldier, you have more money, you have more luxuries. So if it were in a time of war, she would have gotten like her own gravestone. And here it's just completely like thrown out the window. Like you get cremated with all the other dead people. Seeing those little maggots crawl away from her body <laughs> while they're in the, in the, in the truck. Yeah, uh, so I guess, I guess it is supposed to be clear from the beginning they both died, but it's kind of subdued the way it presents it. I want to talk about this uh, structure um, briefly since we're talking about it with the you, the ghosts of them watching over, and then we see modern day uh, oh, Kobe, yeah. Kobe at the end of the uh, the movie. Um, so Takahata, uh, the, this the article, the Japan Times article uh, has a structure on this. This is the the double suicide structure. Not that that's what this movie contains, but is like the the, the archetype of the. Is the structure of the film. Um, he wanted to use the structure similar to Japanese films that play on the motion surrounding a double suicide plotline. The tragic ending is revealed to the audience at the start of the film before the storyline returns to happier times and shows how the couple's situation worsens from there. Gave of the Fireflies opens with the scene shown Seita dying and being reunited with Setsuko, who has already passed away. Uh, Takahata says, it's traumatizing for an audience to see the lives of two happy people deteriorate over and uh, over time until they die tragically. If an audience knows it at the beginning of the film, that the two will eventually die they're more prepared to watch the film in the first place i try to lessen the audience's pain by revealing everything at the beginning and he did, he did a really good job of that i think yeah, still yeah a lot of if, pain if you if you want to avoid shock factor then that that is that that's one way to do it yeah, yeah. that too that would be the oh my god shock factor imagine if this movie just you didn't have that scene at the beginning and you just go in thinking they'll live even though right. I mean, I, I will say it's naive. it's overwhelming. I think in the beginning, it's not uh, it's not like he spells it out. Of the guy, there's that one line, but um, yeah, it's it, yeah, with such spells. But we, uh, you know, it, it does brace you, like the just generally. This is a very sad movie, um, and I think it's necessary to view all this the times that they're going through. It's not yeah, it's not supposed oh, to be a twist when oh. they they start uh, dying of hunger. You know, it's it's supposed to be um, <laughs> viewed from this tragic lens. <laughs> Uh, also, with regard to the ghost kids, um, I-, I will say like they're um, they're popping in and out of the story throughout. Like I don't really totally get it, but there's one moment where like I think it does work, and that's when uh, the the aunt is giving away the kimonos, and sets sets goes like, "Wait, no, but mom needs those," and like he has to be shoved off, and then we cut away to. To go mm. say it, I like putting his hand over his mouth, like, oh god, like I should have said something before this. So, like, you can tell, like, he's in anguish there because, like, he, he, he ghost himself is figuring out, like, that's the moment when, like, Setsuko begins to figure out, like, what's actually, what actually happened. 
And so like uh, that that little that little moment like hit hit me very well. And so I think that that's like the most successful usage. Of, uh, otherwise, like the ghost kind of just pop in and out. Like I, I think there's a moment where they're on the train and then we cut away to the ghost sitting farther away, just looking at them, which is, you know, like wistful and all. But uh, I, I think it, it has its biggest effect when we see like someone looking back on their actions and reacting to, to what they did, you know. It's interesting that you bring that up. I think it's also the scene where it demonstrates the use of the ghosts. Well, I want to come up with a better term, but it, they're, it, they're ghosts. Like, they're ghosts. It's the best use of that. But it dem- like they come up a lot of the time where either something like tragic happens or something happens like based on Seda's um, decisions. Like they go to the bomb, not the bomb shelter, wherever that cabin is, not the cabin, mm-hmm. <laughs> the cave thing. Like when they're running away for the first time and then it shows the ghosts looking over it. It's like, that was a mistake. Not talking to Setsuko about their mom earlier was a mistake. Now that I think about it, it, it feels like that was like a motif that they used with them. Yeah. Um, and I think that that um, just just this notion that uh, the tragedy also involves uh, Seita just taking actions he could have saved himself and his sister. It's an mm-hmm. interesting aspect of the story. I don't think it's supposed to be like... Uh, a parable or anything i think it's like the realistic actions of of kids and people in the times the effect that that this time of war had on them it's also because of the the status does play a part because again his dad is a soldier so he has a lot of pride in that sense and he is like he doesn't want to give that up he's like i'm a japanese man of like a or japanese boy of a son of a soldier like i'm i have a lot of honor and i can't like you know rely on people too heavily that kind of thing the, the, yeah. the movie does, does kind of hit it a bit hard when he like talks to that old man and the, the old man is like stop being stubborn and go back to your uh, to your aunt mm-hmm. so like just kind of like laying laying out the subtext for us they there. hammer it a lot harder in the live action version <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very it's, overkill the, the the fact that he could have gone back to his aunts at any point and also that he doesn't draw the last of his money until the end like he there's more money like yeah. it's 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 frustrating and tragic like at this you know and the fact um, that he's like okay yeah we'll do our meals separately whatever like waste more quickly but, but like at the same time i think the movie does a good job of emphasizing like how much of a nightmare it is to to live in that situation and what Im- impulse impel them to want to want to leave like the the ant well, the, the aunt is an interesting character as well because, like, um, on the one hand, like her actions towards the kids is very, it it's very uh, apathetic or to the point of uh, of wanting to push them out, or push them out, like looking at them as 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 leechers. But at the same time, like you have to think this is wartime. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are on edge. The aunt who is normally maybe not like this, but ha- but is like this because of all the stresses of society and the. All these kids can do is just either go with the flow or what they decide to do, like go go away because they can't handle the uh, they can't handle the stress that the ant is putting on them anymore. So it's just like both both sides have prop have pros and cons, and it's just like a, a, di- a difficult situation, and it ends up going going oh, going uh, overboard for for the kids because they leave the system entirely because because that's the, that's all they had up to that point was just being with the ant. So uh, it's it, uh, a no-win situation, really. I really want to keep talking about the ant because she is the reason I like the live-action version a lot. In the in the original movie, they portray her as kind of like a cold woman. And obviously, like you said, Alex, it's really because of the war times. And like you have to be able to 
you know, prioritize and sacrifice certain things. But in the live action movie, she's this woman who has like five kids. Her husband is drafted. He was a carpenter. He dies in the war. She's like a very nice lady. She takes the kids in and she tries to help them. She tries to even take them back. And she's like, you don't have to apologize. Like, I understand. I won't be able to feed you a lot, but I'll try. And then Seta is still like this little proud kid who's like, my father is a naval commander. And it's a completely different portrayal. But I thought it was more realistic. Maybe I'm I'm probably wrong because. Yeah, know, I don't it, know. It, it really I, I, I feel like. I feel like I'd like this portrayal better where it's just like, again, it's the importance of seeing things from the kid's perspective as opposed to overall, like the kid isn't really gonna like take all this into account. All all they care about is how they're being treated and they're being treated poorly. So that that's, that's enough to put, put you on edge throughout. And so I, I feel like that that's a little, a little better of a portrayal as opposed to like having to, I, I think that this movie does enough to show you both both sides uh, of where yeah, the ants coming from without laying it on too thick. In the live action version, also the ants family is the main focus. Like the the Seta and Setsuko are like the side characters, basically. Mm. Shift, shifts the perspective. Yeah, I think this notion that um, there are many characters headlined by the ants in this in this movie who are really cruel to uh, mm. Seta and Setsuko, but who also are. Uh, victims of the the war themselves and i think this movie shows how terrible this is to everyone and how little mm-hmm. op- options i feel like they ha- they have and what they're acting on and uh i don't know I, I think this this blends in well to this uh next thematic discussion um <laughs> in terms of like uh the digging into the depressingness of this movie like what is the specific the specific tone and susan napier in in the the section of the anime akira to howl's book talks a lot about the the uh i can read this quote to start engrave the fireflies both text and subtext embody a endless nightmarish vision of passivity and despair um Mm -hmm. passivity powerlessness helplessness despair just this notion that uh, this is this. Uh, these circumstances are being forced upon them. Um, mm. I think is a big uh, is a big component of this movie. It's like it's it, you want to blame all these people, like the farmer that uh, doesn't let him steal food. Um, <laughs> you you want to blame these people for being cruel, but you know clearly Just let him steal some stuff, man. I mean, what's stealing Maybe in the face starving. of children dying? Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, but it's you know they're also starving um and i think that right. the movie portrays these terrible circumstances on all of them um one of my favorite my favorite quote from susan napier talking about this movie one of the most depressing quotes i've ever read um about this movie so uh it's great uh so mm-hmm. she says there's there's no discussion of the causes of the war and consequently no broader explanation for the children's suffering and no sense of hope or a new turning point at the war's end Instead, there's a dreamlike, strongly elegiac quality to the fireflies that suggests a history that can never be escaped or transcended, but must be continually experienced as harrowing, painful, and relentlessly oppressive. Dialogue is minimal, underlying the point that words are useless, only searing parade of images of destruction from the sky has any final meaning, and is one that shuts out the possibility for action. That's like, I'm going to cry myself to sleep tonight after reading that. (laughs) Well, uh... I will say though, it the ending is not. I mean, the the sense that there's no sense of hope at the at the end of the war. That we have that scene where we're cutting to these people returning to their homes and they're like playing happy music and it's like, yay, the war's over, I can go back home and stuff. But like, it, it makes it, it 
because it, it like ends that way obviously like i don't i'm not a history person so like i don't actually know what life was like after the war in japan but ba- based just not on like how, probably probably not, <laughs> not good right but based <laughs> on how the movie ends like because i i would agree with the description dreamlike because of that like it does kind of make you think like what what would have happened if the kids had stuck it out with with the aunt and and stayed alive to the end of the war yeah. where situation would have been at least slightly slightly improved compared to what it was in during this movie so like there's no there's no hope for the kids because they are dead but <laughs> but, but i i think that it does it does kind of like put put you in a weird position of like how long do you have to endure suffering to make it to the other side and like and considering the people who were unable to 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 make it to to that to that point? So like again, like there is a depressing sense to the ending, but at the same time, like it ends in such a way, like it kind of makes you think, like, but but there was hope, like there was there was a situation where they could where they could have like uh, they could have made it to a place where life would have been a little easier to work out. I mean, like you consider that the kid like takes out money at the e- at right at the end, like right when like stuff is it. it is this they don't have to worry about the the bomb the bombs falling on their heads anymore so like all of that like it contributes to it being like at least to me it's not quite um an all despairing ending but more like it, it feels a little bit more ambiguous than that to me yeah so Can i I, I, it... I, I, I see what alex is saying as like it's part of the tragedy the fact that they he, they did make it to the the war was over and they still they still died they didn't make it they could have it's like mm-hmm. part of the tragedy yeah. of their deaths is like oh if only you know i don't see that as hopeful i see that as uh, <laughs> can i make it even depressing. more depressing yeah. and less hopeful yeah so when Please. he says at the beginning of the movie he gives a date for when he died i want to say it was like september 5th which was a month after the war ended a day later a law passed in Japan saying basically it was like a no child left behind law where like you're supposed to give them food and provide shelter. And that was just the day after he died. So there you go. Yeah. It was an actual law. That's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think there's this image of this a plane overhead at the end of the movie, and it's not dropping bombs. Very strong. Oh, I didn't that notice the, that. That the like he sees this is like the war's over. Here's just a plane casually flying by. Oh, right. Um, and uh, you know, hopeful in that they're not uh, they're not fearful for their lives from the the the, the war isn't immediately uh, like destroying everyone anymore. But uh, you know, it ends with. Uh, the the main characters dying anyway and there's not like a strong a big attempt made by the end of the movie to show hope for japan i would say and you get this this epilogue which we see in the beginning of a bunch of kids just dying in the train station um and uh you know it's it's clearly not this it's not like a huge i do think there's some contrast and hope which you could see you could say plays into the tragedy you could say is, is stands on its own but it's certainly not large attempts made to make this a happy ending or to, to display hope for japan and i think largely because you know this time it's it's still a really hard time period um after this yeah, after but, the war americans came in and colonized basically yeah uh and uh you know this is like right after the atomic bombs and uh this, you know don't even see this from Kobe's perspective from the, mm-hmm. the the people we're seeing here, uh, and uh, the uh, just uh, the, but specifically from from this quote kind of um, 
this this sense of uh helplessness um you know i think that kind of permeates um you just you know there's there's you're like uh oh Seta, you could have made you could have done a few things differently but mostly he's uh has circumstances forced upon him throughout the entire movie mm. um like his his home's destroyed he has to go to this place um then his mom dies his mom Mm -hmm. dies he's he's there you you do get the sense they're kind of forced into living at the bomb shelter to a certain extent like things aren't aren't great with the the situation with the aunt um and um yeah all the all just the 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 this 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 uh really terrible things being forced on all of the the characters i think i think it plays into the anti-war message that a lot of people take away from it um but uh definitely a lot less i think we're we're used to kind of a lot of agency and through agency hope from main mm. characters in movies uh miyazaki protagonists i think uh probably a lot of agency in what they're doing i think these characters generally very little agency and anyone and everyone presented in this movie very little agency uh, because of the circumstances of the world well that that's the funny part with like them leaving the house right because like that when in any in a lot of movies that would be kind of like yeah like you're taking matters into your own hands you're gonna go live off the land and you're gonna have a a better life but in in this movie because like it's it it keeps in mind the realistic situations of life we focus on the fact that them moving out means that they're outside of the system they're not getting their rations anymore and thus uh, food and drink quickly become an issue with that so like it, it it does like show them taking actions, but it also shows that their actions are very, very limited in the system that they're currently living in. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Like that, that's kind of the one agency they have is that his decision to leave. And it's the the thing that kills them. Um, He also, I think at one point it was mentioned that like when the aunt was like, why are you just like being lazy in the house all day? He was like, well, my school burned down, so there's nothing I can really do. But she was like, you could like, you're old enough to fight the fires. Why don't you go like volunteer? But he doesn't really ever make that decision because he feels like he has to be the one to take care of his sister. And he doesn't even ask the aunt, like, can you look after her while I go do this thing? Because he's too proud. Right, I think his his uh, his pride uh, prevents him from taking another frustrating thing, which is not get trying to get a job. Um, mm-hmm. But also, we, <laughs> it's I don't funny think when you put that way because he's like twelve. <laughs> but like back then, that's the thing. All the that's kids the, were doing the, it. Well, it's the horribleness of the circumstance there in the yeah. times. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's fourteen or something, but still, like uh, that's he's, like especially but, if you were a boy and not, like related to a soldier, you were expected to do something. Yeah, and I think that. I don't think the movie displays this as like this horrible decision. He doesn't make it almost never presents it as an option. Um, yeah. Which is interesting. And yeah, you're right. He needs to take care of, of Setsuko and he prioritizes that constantly. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, just the aunt uh, doesn't even offer to take care of her again in the live action version. She's like, Oh, I'll do it. You just, you know, don't worry about it. I'll take care of her. You do your thing. And in this movie, that's not addressed at all. Yeah. I think she comes across very cruel. The aunt. Um, I, I mean, I agree with Alex. I think it's probably a better interpretation because you you know it was a terrible time you had to be cruel in a sense but by the the fact that the aunt is in this movie is the one who ends up telling us that's because her mom yeah. died it's like so when, when that when that revelation happens it's like ah no said she's dead she's in a ditch oh okay great yeah very quiet powerful scene when seta realizes yeah. setsuko knows already um, that that like quick flashback without the sound is very unsettling. 
And that's that's when she's making the the grave for the fireflies, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the fireflies. Uh, yes. Some some pretty uh, blatant imagery, I think, with the with the fireflies in this movie. Here's a quote from uh, Odell and LeBlanc. Um, Indeed, it is the very fleeting nature of the firefly that makes it such a poignant symbol. A short, fragile life that burns brightly but fades, like Setsuko herself. Optimistic and lively, but doomed to an early grave. Fireflies also represent the airplanes, little buzzing lights in the sky, only their scale and distance differentiate them from insects. And then there are the bombs that rain down, causing flowers of flame to burn brightly and deadly. <laughs> um, uh, Napier says about the fireflies, the fireflies that are uh, ment- metatomically and metaphorically linked to the little sister also have a long symbolic tradition in Japanese culture. Yes. The downward spiral of their effervescent life, which ends in the little hollowed out grave, only serves to illuminate the the equally transient life of the sister, the image of whose little white bones haunts the entire film. That's My Japanese fiction professor reiterated that so many times. It was very depressing. Yeah, what's the what's the Japanese culture? Uh, what's the summary of that, of how fireflies play? In well, no, that culture? was it. Just like they their shell is their grave basically <laughs> that the, yeah okay um yeah at, he, he said it perfectly yeah and like this mo- you have the scene of them at night in the in the mosquito net and they're collecting all the fireflies and they're like uh, uh, the, the the smiles on their faces that they're seeing the, the lights go around their faces and like it's like that little moment of like like there's hope like we could we could live like this and then we cut to the next day where all the fireflies are dead and figure out your mom's dead too and then, you know, <laughs> It's just uh, yeah, the 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 contrast between how quickly that happens is it it, it fits with the rest of the movie. Uh, there actually yeah. there is something about fireflies from Japan. The lights yeah. are thought to be the souls of the soldiers who died in war. I don't know if that's something that came about after the First World War, but it says it's okay, from like the eighth century from Manyoshu. I don't remember that at all. Okay. Yeah, that's that's good. I mean, I think the the the, the fleetingness, the representation of of the death, death specifically of Setsuko, I think in 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 this movie is kind of the big thing, and how she herself is a firefly who burns bright and fades fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, this movie intersperses fireflies throughout a few different scenes towards the beginning and then ends, and the imagery I think is really strong. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, maybe a little blatant, but, um, in, you know, with this, this type of emotions and tone we're going for, I think is, uh, is a good, a good idea and, uh, really hammer so in the tragedy of, of Setsuko at the end, right after all the fire, firefly stuff we're seeing. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think, uh, above all else, just a really strong thematic imagery part portion of the movie, in addition to kind of the, the striking like happy and yet tragic uh slice of life moments with the two um and then also the destruction I'm sorry you really referred to it as slice of life moments you know i think this is a, this is inherently a slice of life <laughs> the, the, that, uh, that moment when they're like <laughs> making their own food and he's like hey you can sit however you want like we're making our own Playing dinner at the beach yeah i'm going to gouge uh, out my eyes from that this is a slice of life movie, uh, and and, and then they find the dead guy at the beach. That's a real slice dead, of yeah. life moment. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like nonfiction for the most part. If it were sense. if it were a live action, uh, no, not live action slice of life movie, it would just be called like Doropu because of the drop, the fruit drops. 
<laughs> yeah, the fruit, fruit drops is a big Im- thing we get throughout the movie. Um, and then the other big element is the uh, the air raid, the violence of the air raids we see uh, throughout the film too. So just all these like striking, contrasting components. I like start stealing during the raids. That's when I was like really. Oh yeah, use the air raids as the opportunity to steal. Like over the edge, like boy, really? Yeah, really. Uh, um, Everyone's yeah, running I'll- away from the bombs, and he's running towards them. It's just very hard to watch. <laughs> like, it is, yeah. Yeah, and all, I think the, this this movie does have a lot of uh, contrasting, uh, really powerful elements all through this kind of tragic uh, undertone. Um, I think that that makes it what it is. Um, Alex, were there are there scenes from the movie that uh, kind of stand out to you that we haven't discussed as much yet? Um, scenes that we haven't discussed. Um... I did want to get if there are any reactions to that that scene where the where the kids uh, where like the, the town kids are like uh, ran, um, end up finding their their house and they're like uh, there's like a weird when when I watch that scene there's like a weird dread of like oh no please don't mess up their stuff please don't mess up. and then they kind of yeah. just leave like without really like doing anything I, I I guess like the point of it is just like to to remind you like look I, I know like as kid as kids this seems great but you got to remember these are actually terrible living conditions these kids are making fun of it because of how how ratty it is like I guess that's the point of yeah, the it's scene also like you but, see these kids coming in they are quote unquote privileged like you assume their families are still alive they have a roof over their heads like people who are providing them food and they come across this like who what homeless like ratchet person is living like this and they're just making fun of it and you're supposed to feel uncomfortable because like you don't know that person's struggle whoever lives there and they just come in assuming and being judgmental but they're also you know young and stupid so you can't really blame them yeah, that that reminded me talked about the the privilege of alex was mentioning people coming back from the war but yeah the, like the rich people coming back to the house that oh yeah looks like the, the mm-hmm. gorgeous lake which by is incredibly animated um that the <laughs> bomb shelter is near um that's like i yeah you can and see that so far even I get fi- bombed I, I find that so depressing it's like oh these people are back and it's and it's great and we're back there we're fair. back to this gorgeous <laughs> lake oh right next to this our characters just died from starvation <laughs> That's what the movie I think is kind of going for there. It's uh <laughs> What did you guys think of that montage? Cuz the first time around, I mean, I will say when I watched this for the first time, I was watching it with my friends who were like visiting from Japan. They did not speak any English. They were crying throughout the whole thing. So I was like, does this mean I'm supposed to cry? Like when I'm around people who have seen something and they are like expressing their emotions on it, I feel like I I don't know how to feel. Well, so watching the, the, that montage, I was like, I mean, I know it's sad, but this seems a little ridiculous. I, I will say, the first time I watched that scene, it was like a combination of of sadness and like, what? Why now? So, uh, so uh, my, my literally, I was just like, oh. Well, it is kind of just like, look, this is the 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 young life that was taken away from you just now. Like, yeah. uh, it, it it is like go going for the. Uh, it's one of the most obvious attempts of going for the hard string. I think it works, but I would also agree that it's one of the more over the top moments of the movie. But like, it it it, it works. It's just like, oh, why? Dylan, what did you think? <laughs> the montage of Setsuko after her death. Um, yeah. The, uh, so in general, I think this movie plays everything very straight. Um, it's a very straightforward movie with what it's trying to portray. It's not like uh, being 
like cagey or sarcastic at any point it's like it's very bare bones and raw and and uh you know very emotional it's going for that very emotionally impactful i think that that montage um so first of all i did you know like i didn't like cry or anything this rewatching this movie like i said it wasn't for whatever reason wasn't as affecting for me when i'm like like oh yeah was, did she when's the part she's gonna die oh i knew she's gonna die did she didn't die yet this like that's kind of i'm watching it <laughs> what a um, terrible way to watch a movie <laughs> well that's i think would be honestly would probably be a lot of people's experiences with this movie with rewatching this movie specifically because it has such a notoriously depressing uh kind of view of it um i think that move that uh, moment uh punctuates the setsuko death and the tragedy of it in a it, 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 we need time for that to breathe because that's like the big uh culmination i feel like of everything we're doing in the movie and so sure you know maybe it's it's schmaltzy but i don't think this movie's capable of schmaltzy like i think it's 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 so raw and bare bones i think it's it is it's, it's like a very straightforward mm-hmm. look back yeah. on the the big character don't yeah oh god <laughs> uh, bare bones in the fruit dropped in um uh who just uh who the the, the this character who we've um went through, went through the journey with and she's uh dead and it's like oh here's 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 all the moments we had with her and um i think yeah i think i think it's brutal um i think uh it it correctly punctuates the the scene you know i thought it was interesting i'm like oh we're doing a montage now but i think the the (laughs) any sort of like different elements because this movie is so straightforward like the ghosts and the montage i think they stand out just because everything else is 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 very just realistic straightforward so these moments uh they stand out to you i think maybe not in a good way like they're not my favorite parts of the movie montage ghosts any sort of the the the, uh beginning with uh you know with the train station um not necessarily what i'm looking back on as the best parts of the movie but um probably necessary to uh have some things along with the 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 straightforward depressingness of the movie to have some sort of framing and uh, narrative structures uh to uh to like tie the movie together i agree that it punctuates the movie with five exclamation points (laughs) okay in a good way (laughs) like uh in a depressing (laughs) exclamation well in well you you use the word brutal and i think that that's that's what it's meant to do it's supposed to be the the last giant hammer to your to your emotions and i don't think it's supposed to be emotionally manipulative i don't think that's what he's going for um but uh you know i think there's like no other way to do uh looking looking back at dead kid besides being manipulative (laughs) like uh, i don't know what what the alternative is that yeah um hard to play that moment and have it be emotional and have it not seem manipulative to a lot of people i think that's just how that kind of works yeah uh, well, um, like also relate the the lead up to the to the death where like she is like uh, laying down on in the cave mm-hmm. and she like ha- it barely has consciousness to the point where like she's like talking about rocks like gumdrops and like eating dirt and saying it's a marble uh, you know like she ate a marble thinking it was it was food the fruit trap, like yeah yeah that 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 part like it, it's like so sad because like it, it it's it's different. Oftentimes, like when you see um, in media, pe- uh, people who are on the verge of death being depicted, it's usually like you know they're like slowly giving out their like final words, and it's like a bit a lot of meaning to it. So they want to like leave something that sticks with you for the re- for after the movie. Like this is just like you know 
someone slowly like losing their their touch with reality and like that that she she's acting the way that she would normally except just now like stuff doesn't make sense anymore because she doesn't have her full uh, full consciousness anymore so like that 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 makes it feel a lot a lot sadder than the usual depiction of death of people dying in hollywood than than usually than people dying in Hollywood. Um, yeah, like they, yeah. they try to make it so so meaningful before they die and like give give like monologues and stuff, and that's not how it works. It kind of works like this. Yeah, they just die really depressingly, and then they get a montage, and then like uh, then they, we, we we cremate her, and then she's in a fruit tin. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, the the, 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 the that she ate out of all the time. The tin is brutal. That's. <laughs> That's, I have one on my desk. Also, they're really good. And is they it the same one, the same company? Yeah, I'll send you a picture. <laughs> you have one right now, like yeah. specifically for the movie. Yes, they they okay. have Setsuko's picture on it, and she's holding it. Oh God, they do. <laughs> yes, oh, I'll send boy. you a picture. You That's can horrible use it. marketing. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's the best marketing ever. They have them all over. They have them like at H Mart, any I didn't uh, East that. Asian grocery store. You can find them, and they're really good. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, the, the the little moment where uh, that they're like walking around and she's crying for the fruit drops and Saita has to like bang it to like let the show her with her own eyes that there's not there's not that much left and then we go to like her him making water like all of that is done with 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 zero dialogue until like she says like give me the water but like that whole scene of them outside like show, showing with the fruit drops that's like done with no words and I just I was just like man like another movie would like feel so tempted to like add extra stuff in here but all we need is the action to like understand what's going on and it's like man this is this is a good movie, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not a lot of dialogue, and yeah, I agree. Scenes like that really really stand out. Um, I want I want to highlight again the air raid scenes. Um, I feel like these are some of the most memorable parts of the movie. Some of the most gorgeously animated scenes I feel like ever. Some de- completely devastating, and uh, just probably some of the best depictions ever of of like wartime bombing and the effects on on people. Um, the, the 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 reds of the destruction really stood out to me. Uh, reminded me of the reds of the robot uh, fortress scene in Castle that we just saw last week. Oh yeah. Um, one detail you have here in your quotes that I also noticed on my rewatch was that like the bombs that they're dropping, especially in like the f- the first scene, like when they hit the ground, they're just like pieces of metal, and like you're so used to like seeing like when there's bombing, like it just lands on the ground and explosions happen, and like the kid has, but like in, in these, like they're kind of they're like just like metal stuff that drops to the ground they like release smoke and stuff but like, you still see the damage that's happening from it but i just found it interesting that, like it, it it looks a diff- just a different but at the same time like that's probably a more realistic way of of how how it was in real life so like i, I appreciate the fact that we don't need to recur to the giant explosions yeah and that article takata says he wanted it to be realistic he experienced it he knows what it looks like yeah um it's uh, Ali sent a picture of the fruit tin, and she's she's just dominates the. It's like uh, what? It's not even a little thing. She's just prominently on the. On the on <laughs> she's their mascot. <laughs> on the other side, it's just the fruit. But yeah, she's oh on one God. side. She's she's got she's got one eye open, looking inside for more drops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
It's so, powerful uh, marketing. Go buy that. I don't know about that. I don't know it about this one. Good. It reminds it's me of my game. favorite movie, Grave uh, of the yeah, Fire. Yeah, you're gonna. Alex is gonna stock up. When on I die, you shots, can so. put my ashes in here. It's fine. Uh, your bones. Yeah, save a bone. <laughs> Just one. I don't know why this podcast is so jovial. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, it has to the balance. <laughs> Yes, Michelle's going to be very upset. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> uh, I refuse to let this be a funeral, even though there's a movie with a funeral in it. It's because it's depressing. We have to be somewhat comical. It's it's our way of dealing with things. Yeah, it's a way you deal with it. I agree. Uh, um, okay. Speaking of uh, also just like with the with the war setting, um, also like the immediate aftermath of that first bombing and like when we're going to the school and it's just like a, a, a flat land, no no buildings standing, like maybe one or two, and that that moment where where she's in the sandbox and the, and Seita is like trying to cheer her up by like doing uh, um. Uh, like pull up on the bars and there's nothing else in the, in the horizon. Like it's just the uh, beige all throughout. Like that, that like that's a very powerful. In the aftermath. Yeah. Like you, you're still seeing smoke around and um, yeah. So that, that was, uh, and of course like the music like bursts in there like, while we're trying to like cheer. Uh, sets it off, but like, it, yeah, they just they, they really get the uh, what when they're focusing on the uh, war action and the aftermath, it like really uh, hits home how uh, how how barren everything was. Yeah, that's in a very notable scene, too. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think of another scene that stood out, but you guys pretty much covered it. I know, like, that scene with the um, after Seda's caught stealing and the farmer takes him to the police like the soldier is like at least very amicable to him he's like i mean you like beat him within an inch of his life get over it and he like offers him water is not very prominent but i thought it was nice to show like some people are capable of compassion even in these circumstances but i guess it was one, also because he was like a really old general compassion yeah it's yeah. towards the end of the movie that was like <laughs> the only time even like when he tried, um, when Seta stole the kimonos and he tried passing them off to sell them as his mom's, like the lady was like, um, get off my property. Yeah, I guess there's also the guy he buys rice from at some point, or that he borrows. Oh yeah, the earlier on. That, that broken umbrella, that's a key point of the imagery of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, and then, the well, I, obviously we see them getting like skinnier and more malnourished, but like when they're, when he's, when is it? I think after they buy all their stuff, when Sid does like brushing Setsuko's hair, and then you like see she has rashes, and you can see her ribs. That was so disturbing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I agree. Uh, the yeah, the poster, at least the one listed on Wikipedia, is them with the the broken umbrella. Yeah, and the poster, uh, one of the most uh, prominent animation images of all time from Totoro, is the umbrella at the bus stop. <gasps> <laughs> so they're released together with the umbrella. How dare posters. you? Yeah, right? It's, it seems uh, insulting. Yeah, That's the, why I'm, they were a double feature, you guys. Oh so. my god, I'm umbrellas. so offended right now. <laughs> I really want to know which they showed first, because this is like, it's very important information. It, it has to be Totoro second, right? Like, that's the look, only way I can logically think. I don't like, know. Like, they can be really depressing in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. When does isn't Totoro, Totoro Isn't Totoro ruins when you... Um, kind of. Totoro's in 1958. 
Um, so they're when it came out or when it takes place, when it takes place, not okay, but yeah, (laughs) well, Uh, so that's not that long after the war, so there you go, yeah. Um, Uh, I made made an allusion to the music. This is the first Ghibli movie that's not Hisaishi, am I correct in that? Yeah, he did. He says she doesn't do any of Takata's films. Yeah, I, I will say the the music in this, uh, it's probably not as varied as uh, as the other movies, but like the main theme that it has, it's really effective, and uh, it's honestly the one that sticks in my head the most. So props to you. Uh, um, according yeah. to uh, Wikipedia, it is uh, Michio Mamiya. So good job. Yeah, I gotta listen to the soundtrack for this. Yeah. Um, I'm not seeing on Wikipedia, which was released first, but I see a quote saying one of the most moving and remarkable double bills ever offered to a cinema audience. There you go. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. They're not wrong though. Yeah. And then then they went for, they went for the double bill again with uh, Takata's last film, but um, he didn't finish it in time. Uh, but um, uh, they uh, tried to do that again. I, I found a tour.com article. I don't know what's the uh, what's the reliability here, but it says that the films were made and released together, but the studio quickly found that if they showed Totoro first, people would flee from the sadness of Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> Even swapping the films didn't exactly result in a hit. So it, <laughs> so it seems that okay. they tried both orders. <laughs> okay, all Maybe right. They tried both, yeah. That's good. At least they you know tested it. Yeah, shock- the, shockingly, uh, Grave of the Firefly is not a audience darling in <laughs> theaters. Uh, yeah, shocking. Um, I mean that that's that's what we're uh, you know, and I think a lot of Takata's films are not exactly these um, built to be huge financial successes. I'm it's just kind like, of the 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 appeal of them creating Studio Ghibli, so they can kind of just uh, do do what they want. If I had my parents watch this instead of like some other animated thing, they would see how powerful animation can be. So in that sense, it would be good to show this movie first. But. No, yeah, I think this. I think this appeals, and we're talking about influences in the beginning on maybe some more recent animated war films. Um, I think uh, this 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 film ab- above most other Ghibli movies, I would say, is is was is seen by American kind of live action creators and probably mm-hmm. influences things. Like I think this would. You know, this this was probably the most prominent one in terms of uh, being being viewed uh, by like Hollywood people and stuff until maybe a Spirited Away or a Mononoke. Yeah. Um, So I think this is definitely going to be influential on a variety of of things to come. Um, Okay, Ali, any other things to highlight from the film or final thoughts? Um, Definitely emotionally draining even just to talk about with you guys, but it's a good discussion. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's what we're going for. I would <laughs> recommend that if you do watch it, you shouldn't watch it alone for the first time because you're going to be like in a pit of despair that you can't pull yourself out from. Michelle was saying that too when I when I said like it's time for us to watch Grave of the Fireflies. She's like, oh good, I've never watched it because I I know I need to watch it with someone else. I'm like, why would that be? Like, why? No, I mean, I'm glad. But I, I guess I guess because... people are like that. So <laughs> I it I mean I don't know. It's hard. I, I would say try to watch it with someone who hasn't seen it also, because again, my experience was like being around people who would comment over every little thing. And I was like, can you just like shut up so I can experience it for myself? That's bad in general. Yeah, that's true. Um, Very, 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 very powerful movie. Um, I know you mentioned before Dylan, I think like in terms of like Ghibli in general, I, I would agree with you that it wouldn't be like in, like the top five but in terms of like war movies i think it's one of the best ever made as we've hammered it repeatedly um 
rating like nine out of ten just because I, it's so depressing. I can't give it a okay. ten. We got our first rating out of ten on this. This series. there you go. <laughs> I, have you guys been rating them? Did no, I just we say- have not been rating them. Um, <laughs> okay, then I take my rating back. Um, no, I liked it a lot. And again, for me, it's more powerful because a lot of the time when I've either studied about the war from Japan in Japan or like seeing movies about it, it's always focused on the bombing of you know or the atomic bomb. And I'm, it's been rare that I've seen a depiction where it doesn't focus on that, and it is still like incredibly powerful. Nice. Alex, any final thoughts? Um, I think I've covered everything I, I wanted to. Grave of the Fireflies overall is a very impressive, uh, moving movie. And uh, I, uh, again, like I haven't, I, I don't think I've seen the majority of, of, of Ghibli movies yet, but like it stacks up with with uh, big movies like Spirited Away and Mononoke. Like I, I think that it has similar emotional emotional impact, even if perhaps like the, the theming is not as, as as univer- as universal because like it focuses on war but like focused movies still still have a still have a place um and uh, yeah like it, it honestly I, I might be a weirdo in that like i'd be willing to rewatch this a couple more times because <laughs> like it's it, it's it's that kind of movie where like it's sad but also i love it it's a very uh, like you can watch this in winter when you're in the middle of seasonal depression to give you sure. real depression <laughs> Uh, I need to that's, be. I need to remind myself for. what the beach yes. is like. Uh, so yeah, I, I I give it no. <laughs> I give it I give it thirteen out of fifteen point five fruit drops. Ooh, oh oh okay. wow! We're not going to start a rating. Though. That's just that's just this podcast. Wait, I yeah. rate all movies in fruit drops. I forgot to mention. You know how Ghibli obviously always likes to focus on food scenes, and this it's so much more powerful. Even though it's just like rice and miso soup, and oh, also something that's worth noting in war times because people were not poor but like rations were not enough they would like put rice in miso soup and now like if you do it in japan people are like why are you poor why are you doing that uh, I, I will say um, I, I wanted to see them eat that dried frog they never they never showed me that <laughs> uh, uh, eat that frog frogs might frog be good i don't know they eat them in france so they're good yeah, uh, they they had the pickled plum balls and they had the ri- the rice. I wanted them to make uh, the pickled plum uh, onigiri. Like, oh uh, my those, god! Those, yes, I love those. They should make those. Basket. That that was my favorite. That was my reaction. To <laughs> also, the um, soba, the flashback scene with the mom where she was like, "Come get your food," and then they had zaru soba. I wanted to really. It made me so sad because I just want to eat it. Like even in a time, even in a movie that depicts like famine, they did, and immaculate job of well yes basic food is so much tastier and when you're hungry so like yeah (laughs) that's how it looks if ghibli knows how to do anything right it's depict lives of children and food yeah. Okay, that's an interesting Ghibli analysis. And this is like <laughs> the perfect, the co- well, not the perfect combination, but it's a combination. <laughs> it is. It's a good one. It makes it more yeah. powerful. That's all you need to know about this movie is uh, realistic children and cool looking food. It's a good time. Good looking. That's Grave of the Fireflies. You're going to want Imagine if you just watched the food scenes of this movie, <laughs> you'd think like, wow, this is like a really nice family movie about people getting along, little, little Honestly, bubbles. But... If you're watching a movie about like people starving and you're not hungry and you you see this and there's food that looks really good, you're going to be really hungry. 
Yeah, should you eat before you watch this movie, or yes. should you specifically not eat yet? No, you should definitely have eaten, and don't. Okay. You're gonna you're gonna feel guilty <laughs> after, so you probably won't want to eat after you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> don't so. eat. A- yeah, you don't want to eat after. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, there you go. That's good. <laughs> good at the fireflies. Um, <laughs> Sorry, those are my final thoughts. Yeah. What so, do fireflies taste like? Oh God, God. gross! No one eats. Well, no, Probably. but bugs are a good source of protein. They do eat them in foreign countries. Yeah, like you, you need a grass fireflies like specifically. Doubtful. Like, does no. the bioluminescence make it harmful to eat? I don't know. They do eat like cockroaches, not cockroaches. Okay, um, okay. okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Maybe uh, <laughs> no cicadas in this movie. No, oh god, um, don't bring those up. <laughs> That's so nasty. Thinking of Japan bugs, I think of cicadas. Yeah, but know. they're noisy. You don't want to eat them. Was this not during the summer? Is that why there weren't cicadas? They come around every like seven years or something like that. Well, they yeah, I think aren't they? They're more annual than here, where it's every. I think oh, this yeah. is. I think this is the cicada year for us. Oh no, that needs to be okay. very hot. I need to look that up. Um, okay, uh, there you go. Uh, let <laughs> us know what you thought of our Grave of the Fireflies discussion. Um, find all the ways to contact us at overlyanimated.com. Next week we will be talking about the much discussed here, my neighbor Totoro. Much more uplifting. <laughs> Film. You're doing a double feature. Yeah, we're not going to release them both at once, but oh, uh, you, could, you could you could listen to them back to back, and you'll see which. Uh, are we better at the depressing discussion? Or are we better at the whimsical? I mean, yeah, yeah. Totoro's Totoro all... better better focus on like the existential dread of life, and yeah. um, the, yeah. it, it's it's depressing at times. The themes also. are like very similar. Being it, gaslit, it, 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 it deals <laughs> with death, and uh, yeah, it does. Um, Did you really just say being gaslit? <laughs> Like physically no, 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 or emotionally. <laughs> nobody believing you that something is actually happening. You okay. Know? Like, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, you better touch on the serious social commentary about how yeah, society I guess, sucks. Yeah, I guess that does in happen Totoro. in Totoro. It does. Okay, well, uh, okay, we'll be uh, digging into all the themes of Totoro, probably different than what we're talking about here, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see after. Not too <laughs> far off. Watch it and stuff. Uh, the, thank you to support us um, on Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Grey Code. And thanks as always to our patron executive producers, Ryan Steve Alex, Beatrice, Hugh Michael, Needle, and Phonition. Um, yep, look out for My Neighbor Totoro podcast coming next Wednesday. Subscribe to the Ghibli Rewatch feed or any of our feeds at overlyanimated.com. Thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Arigato, Okini. Okay.